0: Hello there and welcome to a new podcast from Methodist Central Hall in Westminster. My name is Dan Forshaw and I'm the Digital Outreach Coordinator at Methodist Central Hall and for four years we've been offering the sermons from our services as a weekly podcast. Today we're launching a new podcast which we hope will give you more information about what happens in our church, our historic building, our local area and much much more. This week, my colleague Reverend Tony Miles interviews the Reverend Howard Meller, who was with us as our guest preacher for the 106th church anniversary service on the first weekend in October 2018. Howard has held several roles within Methodism, most notably as principal of Cliff College and latterly as the senior minister at the Methodist International Church in Hong Kong.
1: And I'm delighted to be able to speak to the Reverend Dr. Howard Meller, someone who I've known for years. Dr. Meller is married to Rosie and has served as a Methodist minister overseas as a mission partner in Hong Kong from 2011 to 2016. At that time, Howard was a senior pastor at the International Church in Huan Chai. Now, prior to that, he was a minister in Winchester. He's served as the principal of Cliff College in Derbyshire among his many appointments over the years. Dr Mellor, it's good to be able to speak to you today. What's going on in Hong Kong at the moment? Oh, indeed. Well, it's good to speak to you, Tony. Yeah. Um, Hong
2: Kong, um, the church in Hong Kong is vibrant. I mean, I think that that's one of the things that you note about the culture there it's, it's uh, normal to have faith. It's normal to believe in something. And therefore the church finds itself in a context where to speak of faith, to speak about Jesus, to speak about commitment, is, is something that is understood in that culture. Now, a lot of that culture has a spirituality in which you do a deal with God, okay? Okay? If I bring my offering, will you give me ah, right, I see. a wife? Will you, will you get help me to get a better car? I'm looking for a better flat. I need a new job. And you, you do a deal with God hmm. uh, is how I interpret much of Asian spirituality, actually. Hmm. And that also affects the church. If I give $880, will you bless me? Oh, see, I see. Eight right, okay.
1: being a special figure. Is it a
2: kind of prosperity doctrine or not? Well, you wouldn't know, but it's well, it, occasionally it is preached in some churches like that. But that's not really how it started. It's it started as this culture of, oh God, if if I do this, if I will you bless me with that.
1: And that's it does good. seem that the, the Lord is blessing uh, the church. Well, I mean, they, they built a new church. Is that right?
2: Yeah, the Methodist International Church uh, in Wanchai has been uh, rebuilt. Uh, in the last few years, we started it while I was there. I'm glad like to say that I left before it was finished. <laughs> um, but uh,
1: you didn't uh, want the problems with the snagging. <laughs> I
2: really, I mean, you know, I'm getting on, and uh, so it, I wanted a younger person. So Eden Fletcher is there now, and he's 20 years younger than me, and he's just. A former right.
1: minister of at this church, yes, uh, at Methodist Central Hall. Yeah. Yes.
2: I remember when he was a probationer yes. here, and I came to preach. So that is wonderful, and to lead the church back into the new building and to inhabit it and to begin to use it. I mean, it has um, it has one, two, three dedicated spaces for worship, but there are two other places that can be used. Uh, it has a kitchen that can feed three hundred odd people, um, and and facilities for groups and choirs and... And, and
1: 29 storeys. 24. 24, I remember it incorrectly <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah.
2: 24 <laughs> floors. Still tall. <laughs> All Methodist Church. Yeah. I mean, nine with the local church, three for Methodist Social Services, some floors for the conference office and the wider Methodism, uh, four floors of accommodation for pastoral staff uh, and a sky chapel on the top. So
1: how did they fund that?
2: Well, that's a really good question, and the answer is that the whole church, it wasn't just um, MIC is what I call it, Methodist International Church, MIC. It wasn't just MIC uh, that <coughs> had uh, the, the responsibility, but the whole church, that's 27 Methodist churches in Hong Kong, came together and prayed every month there was a prayer meeting with about 300 people in it um and gave and they had big walkathons to raise two three million hong kong dollars Um, and so there were a lot of prayer a lot of fundraising they had some properties to sell so uh if you think of the total amount as being about 100 percent a third of it came from properties to sell Mm -hmm. over a third, about half of it, is from individual giving. And the rest of it is loans from Methodist organizations or Methodists, most of which will need to be paid back. Uh, but they've reached the full amount now. Uh, in fact, they've reached more than the full amount. So they begin to pay things back. And uh, they will complete that, They say, by 2025. And I have no doubt they will.
1: So, how many people would they have worshipping Sunday by Sunday in that church?
2: About 1,200 uh, members, of whom at least a thousand turn up every Sunday. Uh, people are away, you know, international people, bankers. There might be around the world, um, and and not every person could be there every Sunday, but uh, about a thousand in nine congregations and different languages Four spoken. Four languages, of course. yeah. And I'm I hope
1: you're proficient in all of them.
2: <laughs> I preach to them all in Yorkshire. Uh, and I'm translated only in one, which is the Putumwa. Hmm. Or we sometimes call it Mandarin here, but the Putumwa Congregation, which is made up of mainland Chinese and Taiwanese. Um, some Singaporean uh, who prefer to worship in there. Uh,
1: So what would the Methodist church in Hong Kong want to be saying to the Methodist church in the UK as we face a decline in many churches? I know 10% of churches are growing, but 90% aren't. What would be their message to us?
2: Well, I think... um, okay. let's just think about this. They would have the courage to say and did in the six years that I was there say to one congregation this isn't working here we're going to move so they moved the whole thing to a different place different location different estate um, and it begins to grow now they would say to us I think that a lot of your churches are now in the wrong place um, there, th- there aren't the people around them. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, we know some of them are stuck in the middle of a field, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's no one there. And um, so, therefore, uh, sell that building because the church isn't there. The church's people it is somewhere else. So, therefore, close all those, uh, and uh, uh, focus on the places where there are people, where there is faith, where there is that sense of vision. So, I think. I think that's a significant thing they'd say. They would say to us, your prayer life isn't very good. It needs to get better. Mm. Uh, They would say to us, um, remember, it's tithing, you know. We give, Mm. which is Mm. how they've raised this money. I mean, I didn't tell the amount. It's 40, the equivalent of 47 million pounds. Wow. Right? Mm. Now that's a bob or two. And that's not raised by really rich people. There's one or two who have resources, but the majority of that is raised by ordinary people, teachers, social workers, police, domestic workers, uh, who are giving sacrificially Mm -hmm. and generously. Mm -hmm. Now, um, they would say, what about your vision? Where's your vision? Uh, Because I think that quite a lot of British Methodism or British Christianity is um, about routine. As long as we can keep the routine going, we're okay. They would say, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. Nowhere near good enough. You need to have a vision in terms of your work, of sharing the faith, caring for for the community, struggling for justice. What does that mean in your community? And what are you doing about it? And um, I think that could be quite, you know, quite sharp things for a lot of churches here.
1: Well, the Lord clearly is blessing uh, the work, and you mentioned that there's a Chinese congregation uh, yeah. when we were speaking before. Um, wh- what does China think of, of the growth or, of the church at this time?
2: Well, of course, in 1949, when Mao Zedong uh, came and the communists came, they kicked out all the missionaries, all of whom were left by 1951. Um, local pastors were imprisoned, churches were demolished, Bibles were burned, hymn books were trashed. The church disappeared. But you see, he didn't, because uh, grandma, um, mum and dad, they began to share their faith with their family They invited their neighbours in. You couldn't have a group of more than ten, so uh, the group would grow and then split and grow and split and grow and split. So that when Deng Xiaoping allowed uh, things to be a bit more open in 1979, they discovered that there were a million active Christians and that since 1980... The church, they're certain, the church has grown by more than 7% per annum since that time. Mm -hmm. So the church is massive. I mean, I've been to churches in Nanjing and Shanghai uh, and Guangzhou that will, and new buildings that will seat 4,000 people, and they're full every Sunday at least once. Now, having said that, Xi Jinping, who's presently the premier, he has uh, brought a clampdown on religious groups. They're not worried so much about the Christians. It's, it's the Muslims in the west of the mm, country mm, that they're mm. focusing on. Of course, the BBC is reporting that they have imprisoned more than a million uh, Muslims mm, in that, mm, in that mm, region. Mm. But the, it affects the church so that since the 1st of February this year, it's not been possible to have anyone under 18 on religious premises. Right. So your families have
1: disappeared. Yeah, of course.
2: Because they what? It
1: goes underground, I They're, suppose.
2: That's right. They call it the family church. Uh, we have known it mm. for some mm. decades here, it's been the underground church, but they call it the family church. And that's a really good description because it is the, the f- actual unitary families and wider families, and neighbours and friends, uh, that's how it has grown best. I mean, it's sell it's church at its most profound, and the really interesting thing is that, that it, the Chinese government made it happen like that. I mean, there's a sense in which, what does the church in Britain need? Well, it, it needs a bit of difficulty it, you know, <laughs> yes yeah it, it needs a clamp down
1: to sharpen up what we're doing to sharpen
2: mm-hmm. up the church to sharpen up discipleship devotion witness commitment
1: yeah well we've clearly got something to learn uh from hong kong from china other parts of the world where the spirit's really moving and um, if we could pray uh today for mm-hmm. the church in hong kong and the yeah. church in china what, what sort of things should we be praying for
2: well, for China, it would need to be, I think, for courage in terms of witness. Uh, and some of their leaders uh, are reckoned to be dangerous by the government. Not, not, they're not actually a danger to the country, but they are not singing the communist song. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. they talk about Xi Jinping at the centre. Well, the Christians want Jesus at the centre, thank you very mm. much. In Hong Kong, I think that they, to pray for them because they wanted to have a wider... Mission, impact on different parts of the world, uh, and um, they have missionaries in Africa, in different parts of Southeast Asia, and of course there are many Chinese congregations here in England. So in mean, British Methodism.
1: <laughs> so you're back uh, and and been back for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. What reti- you, retired? Reti- I was going to say. I was just going to say <laughs> retired in inverted commas. <laughs> what are you doing with your time now?
2: Well, I do a bit of preaching. I do a bit of volunteering for the National Trust and Live at Home Scheme. I do some preaching around the country, and I'm going to go back to Hong Kong uh, at their request and also to do some teaching in Cambodia, where there is a Cambodian Methodist Bible School.
1: Well, it's been great talking to you. May God bless you in your retirement (laughs) and in your travels as well. Thank you. I've been talking to the Reverend Dr Howard Meller, a Methodist supernumerary minister who served in Hong Kong, among his other appointments.
0: And I'm Tony Miles from Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. So that's all from our first podcast here at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. Next time we have Mr. Michael Spur, who is CEO of Her Majesty's Prisons and Probation Service and also a Methodist local preacher. Tony caught up with enjoying our morning service during Prisons Week, where Michael also spoke. You can already listen to his sermon uh, from that Sunday. But thank you very much for listening. Please do make sure that you tell your friends about this podcast, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.